That one's the first one was louder. First yeah, clap was definitely louder. You can see louder. them both. You'll be able to see I, them both. I gotta practice my claps. Yeah, I've been watching Wheel of Fortune. I know. Gotta get back on the wheel. I don't even think it's happening. I don't think you're allowed to play Wheel of Fortune right now. Probably not. Unless you get your own wheel. Probably not. Pat Sajak, he can't shake his hand. What's the point of going? What is the point? He probably has very soft hands, that man. Pat Sajak? Yeah, he's got the softest hands in the universe. They have to be. Being the host of Wheel of Fortune, it's like part of the job. You don't think about it, but it is. Well, why don't you be the host of this podcast and get us started? (laughs) Yeah, I don't have soft hands like Pat Sajak, but, you know, I'm working towards it. Welcome to We're Doom Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon McIntosh, the second softest hands in the land. Second softest softest hands in the land. (laughs) And the softest feet in uh, southern Ontario. We got Tyler Shasma over there coming from Burgessville. Buddy, my feet aren't soft. They are calloused. They're They're calloused. They're rock hard. They're flatter than a duckbill platypus's nose. Yeah, you can't have soft feet. Not in 2020. You can't have soft feet anymore. Just go for a barefoot run down the gravel. Yeah, that's uh, that'll definitely do. Have you ever gone on a barefoot hike? I've gone on a maybe not a full hike, but like strolls through the woods on paths and bare feet. Feels good I like, as long as it's not I like, covered in roots. I like a long barefoot stroll through the grass usually. Like you know, you had a good summer when your feet are as black as a as a hippie's in the 1960s, like just pure black from. Just f- full wear. Just getting full use of your feet. Yeah. Did you go? Have you gone on any good walks lately? Um, actually, today I went on a really long walk. I'm, I'm a little beat tired. I went um, to the forest behind my dad's place, the forest that I grew up in as a child that I used to ride my bicycle through. I used to build dirt jumps in and jump our bicycles and spend my entire childhood and so it was good to walk some old familiar paths and see some old familiar places <laughs> it's good to start the podcast with an exciting topic like walking <laughs> next we're going to talk about we're going to talk about breathing next and then chewing we are going to talk about breathing next because that's what i went on the walk to do was to do some breathing exercises deep in the forest and get in tune with nature and revisit the art of meditation which is something that you actually got me into, Brandon. You got me into meditation. That's good because I don't even meditate. <laughs> <laughs> you used to a lot more. I think both I of us. I used to try. We used to try a lot more in our early 20s. And I, <laughs> I feel like I got away from it a little bit. And now I really. Yeah, we used to just sit in the backyard and just like cross-legged and just try really hard. <laughs> well, there's. Like, God damn it, fuck off. I meditated. There is a difference between meditating and just overthinking and i'm trying to find that push the thoughts out with my breath in and out and long and deep breaths with mantras and positive affirmations in my brain and well there you go it's a glad to hear that it's a practice that i want to continue moving forward with my life and i want to learn more about so i'm going to buy a couple books i remember you gave me a book Back when we lived in Toronto, oh, a decade or more ago now, and you gave me a book. It was by an old lady that lived on the oh, yeah. East Coast. It was a yellow-covered book. and I, would, yeah, I still have that book. 
it, I found that book very helpful for this, um, and uh, you should revisit that book because I really found that book helpful. Um, yeah, it's burned somewhere. My aunt gave it to me. It was actually a woman she used to run the the Buddhist monastery out there in Pleasant Bay, or she didn't run it. She was just kind of the the head of it when it was running in the summer times. And uh, yeah, she she wrote a whole bunch of books. Yeah, some books. Check it out. It's very calming. I used that, that to, must be a great place to be right now. It's just a Buddhist monastery. I used to read that. I used to go for a bike ride down the Toronto Harbor front, and um, I would find a rock and I would read that book and I would try to meditate for a few hours. You didn't know what I did on my long bike rides when we lived in <laughs> Toronto, but that's what I we was doing. We just assumed you were you were getting pizza. We just we didn't know what you were doing. Well, I usually did get pizza at some point. <laughs> <laughs> on those long bike rides but no today i went to the woods to really um breathe with the trees as they say and uh, i found it very helpful and i uh, i was out there for a few hours doing just that and uh i feel good right now but i'm tired from the hike from the uh walking and walking. well those are, those are both good things good good to be tired from a nice day of exercise in the woods it's good to be out in the woods it's peaceful you gotta, I gotta find some calming practices in this dumpster fire of a year. Yeah, it's only getting worse. We are riding this collapse all the way down, and we're here with you. Honestly, I wish we're I trying was, to soften the land. I wish I was <laughs> doing this six months ago. Like I might be in a happier place with this whole pandemic and stuff. And I know there's people out there that have been practicing meditation and. Um, listening to themselves a lot and I wasn't I was watching the news and getting scared so it's good to get out there and uh, be one with the trees and forget about the world for if only an afternoon well we're we might just be in lockdown again so we're not going to have much to do but meditate so you know buckle buckle up and uh, just breathe and relax because <laughs> we might be heading into the second wave uh we talked about this before. Everyone's talked about this. They're just like, yep, it's coming in the fall. And uh, here it is. At least that's what they're saying in the news. Numbers are going up again. School's back. Like It's a whole combination of things that are just setting off the, the numbers again. And uh, it's good. I'm glad, uh, glad you're still crazy vigilant. Like you're, you're not entering the world yet. You're still safe in your 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 little small town there but i have uh, yesterday i saw you for the first time kind of face to face we didn't wear masks we sat outside a few feet apart from each other and it was unnerving a little bit but it was also joyful at the same time which is like this weird thing that i think the human brain is doing with this isolation with the pandemic and it's very hard to navigate for unintelligent people like myself where <laughs> you feel you feel like i i need these human connections and it isn't the same talking over video chat and stuff and maybe we're just weak but i think if we're safe and i trust that you're safe and maybe we are just fucking everything up because we should be just staying home and if that lockdown comes again we will abide by it well, and listen to it's it it's hard to say man like we're like a, uh, we're doing pretty good compared to what some people are doing which is uh, basically nothing it seems like it uh, yes yes so you and i are being very safe still and following guidelines and washing our hands and wearing masks where we have to we had to do a location scale last week we wore masks and we are 
I know we are being vigilant still. Um, yeah, you were uh, you were amazed about like how quickly the merchandising of masks and this whole pandemic thing took off. Like there was like stores in the mall, like four masks. Uh, vending machines. I saw a vending machine for masks. Yeah, like that. It popped up so quick, and like I have been out, so I just kind of gradually saw that. But I can imagine just not really thinking that being a thing, and all of a sudden, yeah. You just saw that vending machine. Yeah, like literally. Like going to Japan and seeing like a vending machine full of used panties. They're like, what's going on? <laughs> Where am I? Like literally, I've, I have opened up only in this last week in late September now. And it's terrifying because I know that second wave is probably coming and a lockdown is probably coming. So why even bother now? But something deep inside of me is like I, I need to see my people. Yeah, might as well. Well, this is, you know, maybe right now is not the safest, but, like, there, there's a window before yeah, we might get all I, locked I down again, right? I probably missed the window, didn't I? Oh, that's all right. It, it was a mediocre, mild summer for most, unless you're a shithead and didn't care much. Like, there's been a whole number of incidents, uh, it, even in London here. I don't want to go high-fiving and cheers and people. Like, I like, oh, no. I like what we did yesterday. We stayed apart. Yeah, I don't even like this elbow bush bullshit people are doing. Well, they're just popping their elbows out and you just bump elbows. So like, no. Like, if you keep doing that, it's eventually going to replace handshaking. Like, and we're just going to look like idiots. Oh, that's fine. And, like, the aliens might not come down because they're going to be like, what are they doing with their elbows? <laughs> Forget it. I don't know. I think we all react differently and we're all strong and weak in our own ways. So, but you know what I think helped uh, being out at your place, out in the country, is just that mild smell of shit. Uh, <laughs> cow shit is just lingering in the air. It's not too heavy. It's just just pleasant enough. Like if you grew up in the country, it just it's calming and relaxing. But maybe maybe that'll help us fight the COVID. Just breathing in this shitty cow patty air. Because I, I'm just saying that because uh, I read this story of an Indian an Indian politician. Uh, over in India, he's uh, like he's a pretty big deal over there, and he claims bathing in mud and blowing on a conch shell will provide COVID immunity. You gotta like, you gotta try something, you know. So I'm glad people are trying alternative ways to fight off this virus. <laughs> Not just mud, but like cow shit. He basically put out a video for the whole country to see. <laughs> Of India, just saying, like, all you need to do is roll around in some shit, <laughs> blow on a conch shell, and COVID's going to go away. It's going to hear that conch shell and uh, disappear. Conch, I feel like that's how you call Aquaman, is a conch shell. I feel like I like that idea better than uh, uh, a shady virus from Bill Gates, or a shady vaccine from Bill Gates. <laughs> I'd rather cover myself in shit and blow on a shell. Can you imagine that is, like, that's, like, the ultimate cure, and they figure that out? There'd just be lineups of people going to farms, right? Just, like, creating these little vessels for you to sit in, and they just dump shit on you. Yeah. Remember that show, Uh-Oh, on YTV? Yes. Uh, it's, like, kids' game show, and they dump the bucket of goo <laughs> on their head. It would be like that, just with cow shit, and just fully cleansing. I'm pretty sure people already do that for various weird New Age reasons, but... If that was the the case, it would open up a whole new industry of shipping cow shit from out here in the country into the city and just giving people baths in it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not just like weird retreat centers out in the middle of nowhere. 
Just attract aging hippies. <laughs> what are you going? What are you doing this weekend? Oh, just going on a cow shit retreat. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he wasn't the only one either. There's another Indian politician. She claims that she's immune to the virus because she was born in cow shit. Like I get it. India is very impoverished, and there is a good chance you might be born <laughs> in cow shit. But come on, at least try put a towel down at least. Anyways, this Indian politician who thinks blowing a conch shell and being covered in shit works, he got COVID. So. <laughs> Guess it didn't <laughs> work. It didn't work. That's, uh, that's not an effective way of doing it. So, but, so I'm not going to have a job delivering cow shit to the city. Oh, I don't know. Uh, you could definitely sell that to some people. I think he had the right angle. Like, if you grew your hair out long and just, like, wore, like, uh, like kind of like one of those, like, one long dresses that the Indian men wear and just claim yourself as a guru, uh, you could definitely pour cow shit on people. I don't know if definitely is a word. I could try. Uh, if you put a lot of effort into it, we could probably pull it off. People are gullible as shit, and they're only getting worse as the world gets worse because everyone just wants to find a reason to feel better because there's shit coming from every angle. So why not shit from above, from a bucket, no, I, from your hands? I understand that. That's why I'm meditating in the woods. <laughs> That's your shit in the bucket. Okay. But uh, yeah, here in yeah, like this, the numbers are rising. I'm I'm living in London, Ontario. Numbers are rising here. Big factor of that is the university students, which is terrifying now, because I saw you yesterday. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> hanging out with university students, Tyler. All right, I'm not. I'm not down at the the, the cafes. Hanging out with a bunch of these woke woke kids. I know, I know. They're not woke. They're they're going to Western. These aren't woke kids. <laughs> Some of them. Are they woke. know what they're getting into going to Western, right? Parties, they're partying. Parties. I know, and uh, that was a big argument for them. Uh, there's like articles in the papers saying like this is part of the university experience to get and to shit take that away and from light these a car new on fire. <laughs> Um, it's like, I'm pretty sure there's bigger shit happening now. I don't think the world's ever going to be the same again. So, you know, save your parties for when shit's really going down and we have nothing more to live for. <laughs> Nothing's going to save us. Then you can party. Yeah. Go nuts. Go toga crazy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't think they're fully to blame university students. Like, uh, I'd say there's more vigilant ones and non-vigilant ones. Like there hasn't been huge parties or anything. Like, uh, gender reveal parties. So get this, I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of my news from the London news about, like, parties and stuff. Some pizza guy posted on Reddit in London saying the amount of calls he gets to, like, house parties, uh, like, weddings, like, just small weddings with just a backyard full of people. People? And then gender reveal parties. People have the need to gather. And it's been it's been a long time without gatherings, and humans have always gathered. That's what we're bred. But to this has do. been in the last week. This is the last week. Like there's been gatherings all summer. People have been good about it, but since numbers have gone up, they've banned the private gatherings. So now they're like people are still doing it, just doing it in secret. And like especially gender reveal parties. Okay, like when are we gonna fizzle these out? Because uh, no one cares. Uh, now, right? now would be a good time, you know, because that's oh, what perfect. started the fires on the west coast of America was a gender reveal party. Yeah, yeah, these are destructive, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about them before, where uh, a mother-to-be, 
uh, actually killed herself with a homemade explosive because she was trying to blow it up into a big blue powder. Literally, so, more than half of California was set on fire because somebody wanted to know the gender of a baby, which, like, why? I've yeah. never given a shit about that. I thought it was just you yeah, figure no it out does. when it, it falls out. You figure it out when it falls out. Everyone figure has the same reaction. They're like, it's a boy, okay. Or you, it's a girl. That's like, it's not like it's going to be like, oh, you're having a girl? Oh, that's too bad. Too bad for you. And like, <laughs> like, especially like in the progressive world we live in now, you should have a gender reveal party at like 14 years old. And then, a, <laughs> and then another one at 18 and another one at 27. Like, let's just people figure out who they are on their own. Yeah. Don't have when a, they're able to talk, we'll ask them what gender they are. And then I'll let them decide, right? Like, Just three-year-olds th- know better. Three-year-olds know. No that, I thought that was the world we were living in like three years ago, four years ago. It's like, all right, gender is sucking on a spectrum and we won't fucking talk about yeah. it anymore. Or we'll try to be respectful to people who have a gender spectrum. And now right. we have parties where we're blowing up fucking blue eggs and setting <laughs> the country on fire. It's ret- both, okay, both ends of that spectrum is a little much, all right? Ridiculous. We can be happy about the sensitive people who, you know, won't gender their child until it's capable of deciding what gender it is. That's I agree. I agree with that. Let it. Let it. You do what you need to do. Okay, but yeah, it's we don't care about your baby. We don't need any more babies. We've got enough. We're good for a while. Another good point. Population is too (laughs) big. Why, you, why, why are you telling people you just added another friggin' number to the count? <laughs> I was going to say as well, it's not just young people. Uh, I've noticed a lot of shitty old people behavior out in public. Like, the people who I've seen who, like, are refusing to wear masks or, like, are wearing them improperly are all old people. <laughs> I thought those are the ones we're here to protect. I thought we have to protect grandma and grandpa. But they're, like, taking this to their advantage I've been cut in line in, like, a two-week period by two separate old dudes, and that's never happened ever. You've and that been, was just... You've been cut in line at a grocery store in the last two weeks more than I've been in a grocery store in the last six months. <laughs> I know. God. I, I Trust s- me, they're not, they weren't fun before. They're not fun now. No, now that I know that you can live without going to a grocery store, I'll probably never go to one again. You can get everything delivered to you. Yeah, you know, you, you think about it a little more, too, because it's to lessen your trips. It costs, like, a but little yeah. more, but, like, it's not like I eat a mu- eat that much, right? So I can afford to – I can't afford it, but I can – if there's a pandemic, I can afford to pay yeah, the extra know, I for, work for it. I work for a company in London, Food Fund. You can uh, – I can deliver some vegetables to your house. Just call them up. You can request me personally. That's been a great thing with the pandemic is a lot of people have got onto delivery and delivery services have flourished and you got a part-time job at a delivery service and you're you're a essential warrior for that essential. I'm essential. I haven't I haven't heard the word warrior yet. I've heard essential worker. I uh, I should just dress like a warrior. You should dress like Maybe ultimate like- warrior. <laughs> Just jump out of the car and just charge the door with the box. Just Start throw it through their window. Shaking the ropes of justice. He's like, the water's here. Here's your vegetables. Who wants some carrots? To be a vegetable warrior, I can make a helmet oh. out of a pumpkin. 
Do you want some carrots? I can't do an Ultimate Warrior impression. I love the Ultimate Warrior when I was a kid. Yeah, all those 80s wrestlers were, like, the best. Like, nothing topped them after that. Like, they were either, like, way over the top or just, like, barely tried. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just suit, like, Jake the Snake, he was a cool guy, but he just, it was just a dude with a snake. (laughs) Just a dude with a snake and a crack problem. Yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of them had (laughs) the crack problem. Like a macho man Randy Savage, Jesus Christ. I think he did his weight in cocaine every day. And, like, we, we know very little about wrestling. I quit watching at, like, 10 years old. But there's a lot of friends of ours and comedians out there that are probably listening. There's no one listening to this. But they're probably like, these guys don't know anything about wrestling. But we at least know the greats. Well, we're Watch not losers, Tyler. Savage. We're not losers. Eh? That's all I got to say. <laughs> no, I, just, I love watching old wrestling stories, though, of wrestlers, even though I don't. Like, I used to watch it. But I just, some of their stories are fascinating. Like, Ric Flair. Like that guy was just a savage. Like that the was the stories that, are fascinating. It's a whole performance art that is its own. Like it's it's completely different than dancing or theater or comedy or it's its own performance art. What 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 do you what wrestler do you think you would be if you had to choose like a name and a persona as a wrestler? I don't know. Choose one for me. <laughs> Choose one for you. I don't know. The the fucking the squirrel? The squirrel? The, the squirrel's pretty good. I like that. You can come out with ears and a big puffy tail. You can Start use it to your nuts. advantage. You can strangle people with that tail. Start throwing nuts at people. Yeah, you can just lay down a bunch of walnuts and body slam someone onto them. <laughs> Call it the nutcracker. <laughs> I like that. Coming to the stage, the squirrel, and then just like your sidekick just be the chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> he just chirps at you from the corner. That would be funny. That would be funny. I don't know. Um, what, what would I be? Welcome to the squirrel. Who the fuck would I be? You'd probably the chipmunk. <laughs> I would be the chipmunk? You, okay. I'll you take have, it. You would have to be. I would have to be? You would have to be. All right. I'll be yeah. the chipmunk. <laughs> I, we, we sound like a very scary wrestling team, the squirrel and the chipmunk. <laughs> Hide your nuts. Old ladies love us. <laughs> I told you I've been feeding a squirrel, right? Uh, I've been... It comes through the doggy door of the house and uh, eats right from my hand. And That's fucked up, man. It's a bizarre relationship we have with this. Like, the whole, everyone in the household can do it with the squirrel. It's, but it's gotten to the point where you don't have to lure it in anymore. It just barges through that little door anytime it wants. It's not a doggy door anymore. It's just the squirrel door. No, it's going to come in. It's going to be eaten, like, in your actual cupboard soon. I It tried to bite my feet the other day. Like, I get it. My toes look like peanuts. But it just... You're it, doomed, Brandon. You have a squirrel. You're doomed. He's your pet for life now. He's a pal. But I'm thinking, you, I'm like, you know, if, like, some kind of collapse is happening, you know, all the lights go out, never comes back on, and we got to survive. Like, should I eat this squirrel? Or should I team up with the squirrel? Like team up with him. Fuck, I should I should have known like ten years ago you'd have a pet squirrel one day. It's not a pet. It's uh it's more of a friendly relationship we have. Like he does he's not trapped in the house, he's free. The dog and the cat, they're 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 pets. The squirrel's yeah, free. True. We just have a connection over that's peanuts. True. I will also eat the peanuts as I feed him. But like, yeah, I don't think I could ever actually like chase him into the corner and stab him with a knife to eat him if I had to. He can, he, can just, he can show me where all the nuts are. I don't know if that would work. I don't know, man. 
you are you are doomed. I will say that <laughs> you are doomed to be a squirrel owner the rest of your life because after this squirrel goes, you're gonna just get another. I don't. No one owns squirrels. I didn't pick this up at the the at the pet store with the babies. He he roamed in from the wild, and he I gained his trust, and we trust each other, even though he tried to bite my toes. He's going to be living in like a crown royal sack that you hang off of your belt loops. <laughs> Actually, I would love that. I feel Little. like uh, I get a lot more respect if I had a squirrel on my belt. Um, I am starting to think, um, you know, I, I've mentioned on a few other podcasts, I tried to plant jalapeno peppers with jalapeno seeds and they turned into cucumbers. And I can't figure out why or how that happened. Maybe it was a squirrel. I'm. I don't know how. Maybe he was worried for my safety. Maybe he's tried hot peppers before and is like, my my buddy who gives me peanuts. I can't let him grow these. Maybe I'll I'll switch them with cucumber seeds, like this the softest, most gentle vegetable there is. Yeah, maybe it was the squirrel here, right? It could be, but maybe I'm just spending too much time in the backyard. I don't know. But uh, speaking of intelligent animals, um, I had a prediction come true. I made a the joke. Squirrel, the squirrel isn't intelligent, Brandon. The squirrel is um, just hungry. I beg to differ. <laughs> He's, well, I don't know. Maybe because I'm paying more attention to squirrels now and him specifically. The way he just comes right through the door. He knows where to go. <laughs> He's not afraid of the cat or the dog. Like the, the dog won't even look at it. Like he'll come through the door and the dog would just turn his head away, like he knows. That's not. He, that's not that's dog not intelligence. No, it's not intelligence. It's comfortableness. It's, Don't confuse comfortability for. Okay. Intelligence. But okay, squirrels. He's comfortable. Squirrels are pretty low on the intelligent level, but they're they're just shifty bastards. Let's just let's leave it at that. They're shifty bastards. All right. They know how to work a peanut out of you, but uh, um. So I read this story, and I couldn't believe it, because this is something I predicted back in February on our episode all about uh, animal uprising, and like, what if the animal kingdom suddenly turns on humanity? Um, And I think it's begun. And I said it was going to start with whales, and killer whales specifically. And sure enough, man, there's boats in uh, over in Europe, in the Mediterranean, and they're getting jacked by orcas. They're getting like full-on attacked by orcas. Like, haven't haven't orcas always been kind of like dickheads? Not like, the people. They have not they the have humans. the name killer whale. They do because they they are the world's leading top predator, land or water. Okay, maybe not on the land. They would probably suck, but in the water, clearly, it is the most like it's the biggest predator. It's it, it can kill anything, and there are instances where they actually do just kill animals for the hell of it and for fun. They'll just, like, team up on a baby gray whale, rip it apart, and or, just or eat a, its tongue. Or a seal, or a seal or something. Yeah, they, like, throw the seals up in the air, like they're playing volleyball. But uh, as far as humans and orca interactions, there's never been any violence recorded other than sea Outside of captivity. Outside yeah. of captivity, where they absolutely drive the whale insane, you know. Because uh, whales are incredibly intelligent on a level... Similar to what we are, but we live in such different worlds, you're, this kind of consciousness and intelligence is going to develop in a different manner. Like, they are way more emotional 
than uh, than we are. Like the section of their brain and our brain that like carry your emotions and <laughs> not carry your emotions. It's not like there's a little box up there, a little corner in your brain. You know what I mean? Part of your brain that you know emits emotions. It's like three times bigger in whales and uh, hey in man, I'm not a brain surgeon. I know you're not a brain surgeon, and neither am I, or a whale brain surgeon at that. But, but you're like the closest thing we have to a whale researcher. You've spent time with whale researchers. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I worked on a whale boat. I do have whale knowledge. I know they're pretty smart. I could start spitting some whale knowledge right now, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not getting into tour guide mode. Cause then you they like oranges. Won't stop. They like oranges. Yeah. No, they don't like oranges. They got tiny throats. Humpback whales, they eat tiny fish. And their throat's the size of an orange, so don't feed them any oranges. That was a stupid joke I used to tell on my boat. Oh. And the pothead whales, uh, they're named that because they love smoking seaweed. Yep. That's the exact reaction I got from 30 people on a boat. (laughs) Silence. Just the sound of the waves. That was really your first stand-up comedy gig. It was. That was, uh, that really prepared me. Having to talk in front of like 30 people three times a day, every day, and make shit interesting for two hours. Like, totally. Totally. So yeah, I had to learn a lot of whale bullshit, but this, whales never attacked our boat. In fact, the whales loved our boat. Did you ever see killer whales on that coast? Uh, no. No, they're not very common on the East Coast. The, they're, they've been spotted in Newfoundland and stuff, but... Other than that, they're they're pretty they're along the west coast mostly in the Pacific. There's yeah, a lot. I did of, see I did see them on the west coast when I was out there. A couple tails in the air. And then New Zealand and up around Europe and Scandinavia, also in the Mediterranean. But this is where this uh, most recent orca attack happened, because this has been happening over the last few months out of nowhere, and there's been more than one. So, in different places. So like. They're not sure if it is the same group of orcas or they are working separately. Like there's different groups also attacking boats. But this one happened to a, a couple in their uh, in their yacht. They're sailing from Italy to Scotland. They're going through the Mediterranean. And next thing you know, it's like early in the morning. They're still sleeping. And all of a sudden their whole boat gets rocked. And the guy gets up. He goes out. Doesn't see anything. Next thing you know, orcas come out. He's thinking, shit. It's like they ran into the boat. Thinking maybe it was just a, a dumb orca. Just a real, <laughs> just wasn't paying attention. But uh, sure enough, these things were circling the boat and attacking the rudder. He said they would go under the water, grab a hold of the rudder, and just start ripping it to pieces. And he said the Trying wheel to of the boat. Pull it down? Yeah. They knew that was propelling the boat. They totally wow. understood what the rudder, rudder was doing. So they were trying to disable it. And an animal uprising, man. They're coming for us. And that's exactly what I said on our episode. I think it's episode Stay eight. out of the ocean, man. Stay out of the ocean. I've always said stay out of the ocean. Yeah, because, like, the way we treated animal, uh, these animals, like, not just well, orcas. Well, we treated their habitat, how we treated their water, man. Yeah, and the fact that we kidnap them and put them in pools for entertainment and slavery and force them to do backflips. That's exactly what I said they'd do to us. They're going to flip our boats. Yeah. They're going to make us do backflips for Doritos until yeah. we just lose our minds and drink, drown ourselves. Like, they're gonna, or they're just going to eat you like a bag of Doritos. Yeah, they're going to seek revenge. And what I'm thinking might have happened, and the same thing I predicted, 
is they've released some of these whales that were in captivity, right? That were in SeaWorld-like places. They've released them back into the, into the oceans. Um, yeah. Some of them are in, like, safe, safe haven areas where they're kind of... It's like a whole bay that's kind of locked in because, like, you know, they've been in captivity their whole life. They're not going to survive. But some of them have only been in a few years, so they, they're able to release them to the wild. And, uh, like, in one case, there's a, an orca release, and it made its way up to Norway. And it will come into this harbor every single day and try and interact with people. Because, like, that's, that's all he knew, right? He interacted with more people than he has whales. So this whale will come up and literally give children rides around the harbor on his fin. Like, just going in circles. Fucked up. Yeah. So you got these whales in these, in these horrible situations being kidnapped by humans. And they're getting released. So they're, they're talking. They're getting put they're in the ocean the again. They're spreading the word. Not only that is the the years and years of whale hunting that we've done, no, yes. which most of that has ended, uh, at least in the seventies and eighties, in most places in the world. But like, uh, what is it, Iceland and uh, Nor? I don't know if it's Norway, but there's still a few countries like Japan still do whale hunting. So, and there's poachers. There's always a couple dicks. Yeah. Yeah, so if these whales are as smart as they say they are, they're definitely passing down these ideas of what they think of us and what humans are. So what if they're just saying, stay away, don't go near the boats, don't go near the humans. But, you know, orcas are kind of badass. There's a few renegade ones that are just like, we're not afraid of these little things. Like, they don't belong in the ocean. And uh, right. here we are. They're attacking people's yachts. And I say, I, I'm all for them. You know what, whales, uh, I think you deserve a little revenge. We're out there invading your territory. You, you want to take out some rich people's yachts, you go for it. Yeah, go for it. Tear the rich people out of the ocean. They're yours now. Because there's also been very strong relationships between fishermen and, and whales, specifically orcas. Um, in, Australia, in Australia, there was a case. It's when whale hunting was still legal. And these whale hunters, they go out and hunt gray whales out in this bay in Western Australia. And they noticed their orcas would always kind of show up during the hunt. And because uh, the orcas knew that they were hunting gray whales, which is a delicious meal for them, at least certain parts of it. Uh, so eventually the fishermen and the orcas would start working together. Like the orcas figured out that these fishermen were going out and uh, hunting these gray whales. And that's what they were after. And the orcas knew specifically where the whales were every day. So it got to the point where the orcas would meet the fishermen at the, at the head of the harbor and lead them directly to where the gray whales were. And they would team up to like trap these whales in and kill them together. Like humans and orcas working together. That's insane. That's wild. It got to the point, it said that like the orcas were like so into it, they would show up at like 3, 4 in the morning in the harbor like, all the houses in this little village surround the harbor. And these orcas would show up and just start slapping their tails on the water to wake them up. Being like, all right, the whales are here. Let's go. Let's start early today. <laughs> like, that is, that's a crazy bond, right? Absolutely. It, and that shows you, like, these orcas are, like, they're actually in the dolphin family. And, like, dolphins are pretty intense, vicious hunters. So orcas are essentially a gigantic dolphin. So like yeah. they'll they'll fuck up whales all day. They look they joined the horrible whaling industry that was going on. They just they just teamed up with us. 
Just monsters of the sea, man. So I don't know. You know maybe we're going to see an uprising. Maybe. Like, if they're that intelligent that they're communicating to each other and they're going, hey, this is a boat. On that boat is likely predators. Let's rip this boat out of the water. Like, it's not hard to think of that, yeah. you know? And, the, like, being on this whale watching boat, we had mostly pilot whales, which is kind of like a cousin of the, the orca. They're a lot thinner. But watching these things just stick their head out of the water and just stare you down, like, they were generally interested in what the hell we were doing out there. They were people watching as we were whale watching. So it was always trippy because they're like, what do they think of us? Like, are they, like, confused? Uh, do they know our activities? they know what we're up to? Like, what is going on in that whale brain? But, yeah, intelligent life, man. At least they're not on land. <laughs> yeah. They start figuring out how to get on land, then we're really fine. I know they, whales and dolphins started on land. Maybe they'll come back one day. We fuck up the oceans bad enough, they'll just start evolving to have legs. You know, if you... Is that, uh, how, is that how it works? They have legs? Like a frog? <laughs> I don't know. Well, if they're... Um, if you actually see a skeleton of a whale, like a humpback whale, or like a gray whale or anything like that, they're, they they're fins. Bones, right? Yeah, they have hip bones. They're fins. They look like giant hands. Like, they look like an arm with fingers and everything, which is like an indication that they were definitely uh, like land-roaming creatures at one point. That slowly made their way into the water. Maybe they'll come back. That's that that type of evolution is so fucked up. But yeah. I, I get it. I get it when you look at the skeleton, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's millions and millions and millions of years of millions of years. But yeah, that's gotta be weird. Like if if we spent enough time in the water, could we become aquatic? Isn't that what Waterworld's so. about? Pretty much. Kevin Costner. It's this podcast always ends at friggin' Waterworld. Waterworld and Kevin Costner. It's always a reference. <laughs> um, but anyway, speaking of intelligent life, um, I'm just going to keep transiting. We don't have a real topic today, if you haven't figured it out. Uh, we had a bit of a hiatus. We had lots of work to do. We've been busy. So we're just trying to keep up with uh, what's been going on the last few weeks in the world. Uh, it's been the year of doom news. Oh, so. I know. I know. It's so it's so hard to keep up with everything. Like there's so much. To zero in on one topic is just yeah. There's so much going on. I don't want it to all be doom. Like uh, I like uh, doom adjacent stories are pretty good too. Like, uh, <laughs> like we're always on top of aliens and UFOs and space. Like uh, I definitely I need to make like a stinger like a theme song. For like UFO news, enter Stinger. UFO news. If you heard it, that means I came up with one. Good job, Brandon, in the future on that awesome Stinger. But anyways, um, scientists have discovered there are signs of life on Venus. That's right. It's a, Venus is the second planet from the sun. It's a horrible, blistering hot land of just gases and, you know, it rains acid. I don't know. It's every, not... time, every time you hear that there's life in space or on a planet, your brain automatically goes to, like, it's going to be, like, some cool, cool creature, like an like a Ewok or something. But it's just a freaking cloud molecule. Yeah, it's a very small molecule. 
At least the evidence. Bug. At least there's evidence of like chemicals that represent these molecules that they saw in the clouds of Venus. So now they want to study it further. They want to try and put um, essentially these like floating balloons, like floating around the atmosphere of Venus, to kind of capture more of these samples and figure out what's going on down there. Because Venus is not a very habitable place, but there are scientists who believe that at one point it was, and like. Like, that's kind of how we look at Mars, too. We think, oh, Mars is this dry desert planet, but it could have been like Earth at one point. They think Venus was much more likely a candidate of something like that. But eventually, they think it once went through some kind of horrible climate disaster. <clears throat> We're going through one right now. <laughs> uh, that kind of totally flipped the planet and kind of destroyed any kind of real form of life. Besides, like, tiny little molecules. So that's pretty wild. So um, connected to this story is uh, another one that came out. People were troving through the files of the FBI because, you know, FBI, the CIA, they've just been releasing crazy files recently for no reason. I think they just want to get all this out there. Maybe they don't think anyone will believe it. But uh, the FBI had a lot on uh, Nikola Tesla. They were very interested in Nikola Tesla and his inventions. He was, uh, they were quoted as saying he's like 300 to 1,000 years ahead of our time with his inventions, right? He, yes. Yeah. So he, he invented so many insane things that you do not see today because a lot of these things were, you know, kind of picked up and patented by the FBI. He worked on a lot of secret projects for the FBI. Uh, that's been known. But recently, some papers have come out saying, reporting that Nikola Tesla is from Venus originally and was brought here as a baby and dropped off in Yugoslavia in the eight, in like the late 1800s as a baby as a as baby a, as a human baby boy and but he, and they just, just a, found water molecules or cloud molecules on Venus like yesterday yeah. so there was there was babies there like 100 years ago <laughs> I don't think it's just babies roaming the land there. I think there's a little more process to that. But this is the claim. You know, it's a very it's a very brief note saying this. In fact, it said the space people have come down to help the Tesla engineers and have told the FBI agents working close to them that Tesla himself is from Venus originally, but has grown up on Earth. And yeah, that's a pretty wild statement because uh it's not like Venus was a beautiful planet back in the 1930s, right? It's, it was the exact same. It's just a shitty, horrible place that you could never survive. So, like, what's, like, what is that all about? But that's not the first instance, though, of uh, a claim of people being from Venus or, you know, outside visitors to Earth being from Venus. There's a, there's a great story about this man named Valiant Thor which is an awesome name. They really know how to name their kids in Venus, right? Nikola Tesla, Valiant Thor. Like, that's pretty sick. They're spacey names. Pretty spacey. I like it. But Valiant Thor was this handsome, beautiful blonde man who uh, showed up in West Virginia one day. Uh, I'm pretty sure he, he met with just a completely random man, but was told basically the classic, take me to your leader. But he knew where to go. He's in West Virginia, and it's next to Washington. He's not far <laughs> from. He's not far from the White House, right? So, 
that's basically what Valiant Thor, he became this, like, uh, he met with the president, and he became an advisor to the planet, basically saying, like, I'm here to advise you, the direct, the, traje- the trajectory, that's a tough one, the trajectory of your planet is going in a very negative way, and basically because his planet has seen the same kind of destruction, so he has been sent to Earth with a few other associates to kind of slow things down, like stop fighting so much, stop making nuclear bombs, stop polluting the world, or you're going to get the next Venus. You want to be Venus too? No. <laughs> so there's even pictures of this dude. It's it's a very wild story, and you know you really have to open your mind to even begin to believe that this handsome blonde man came from this hot, gassy, this horrible planet, but uh, they claim to live underground. Apparently there's a giant civilization that lives under the ground in Venus. Very high civilization, you know. They had to go under there after the climate crisis that happened on Venus. So, who knows what they got there. It could be right. They could just be living under the ground. I've never heard that theory before. Mole men. <laughs> the the mole men of Venus. But I feel like if you're living underground, like you're going to look like you live underground, right? You're not going to be this tall, pale, blonde man. Unless you're living in, like, nice bunkers with lots of food. Yeah, totally. If they were this highly advanced civilization, they probably could create this whole fake atmosphere, you know, fake sunlight, and they could just replicate everything. But, you know. Absolutely. If those two are from Venus, who else is from Venus? (laughs) That's what I want to know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole and figure out who else is from Venus. Uh, women. Uh, or was it men? Men are no. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Okay. <laughs> That's just like a pop culture reference from our childhood that neither one of us really knows what that book's about. It's probably it's a relationship. It's book. probably written by some <laughs> mad scientist who actually believed that was a thing. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's. I've always said like they. And I, I'm not an intelligent person, so other people have said this too. If they're going to find life, it's going to be on the planets closest to us, right? Yeah. So, so. And uh, in fact, they said these people from Venus stated that a lot of like civilizations out there in space are living that way. They're living underground or out in like these big spaceships over the atmosphere of their planet because their planet has just become unlivable. And, uh, and they probably fuck their atmosphere. And you can definitely see we are heading in that tra- trajectory. <laughs> uh, I said it so many times and I still said it wrong. <laughs> but we're, we're <laughs> headed in that direction. We're definitely, things are collapsing. The, the climate is changing and increasing. You know, we're breaking records constantly. And, right. you know, all these projections that scientists put out there a decade ago saying like, where we're going to be in 50 years, as far as climate-wise, we're meeting those goals now. <laughs> like, we're like 30 years ahead of schedule, as far as, yeah. like, the temperatures rising in the Arctic, um, how quickly these polar uh, caps are melting, how much the ocean is absorbing carbon. Like, it's all going way, way faster than, than any of these scientists thought. So... Yeah, I think we've talked about this. We're going to have to go underground. Some badass bunkers. Under the ground or in the sky? Yeah, one or the other. What would you prefer? Uh, under the ground, I think. 
No, I'm claustroph- I'm claustrophobic either way. Yeah. Yeah, because like, I, I feel like, yeah. We're I just like, want to meditate in the woods. We're not rich people. We're not going to get a good underground bunker. We're going to get like a, a like a vegetable cellar. That's what it's going to look like. All the rich yeah. are going to have like the the fake sunlight. They're going to have pools. And just like yeah, I don't want to spend gyms. my last days in a cold cellar. <laughs> just go watch I'll the just... sunlight. Yeah, just go watch one last sunrise and just just slowly let, die. <laughs> let the light, let the climate let the, take you. Yeah, let the light kill you. <laughs> All right. Well, we're still doomed. If you didn't know that. Yeah. If you haven't been listening, but it's uh, weird though because you look outside and you go to the woods and sit in the woods all day and you don't feel doomed. No. But there is there is doom around. Certainly, it's not affect you know, it's affecting some people personally more than others. Like we're just watching it. Like if you don't right. watch the news, you just walk outside and none of that nothing's happening. You just hear the birds, but yeah, things are changing and uh, yeah. It's it's okay to suffer. I think uh, that's humanity's problem right now, maybe the last 70, 80 years, is we fought so hard to just to be as comfortable as possible and just make everything as easy and accessible as possible and just, you know, to just defeat suffering. But at the same time, in doing so, we have caused so much suffering around the world just so some of us don't have to face that. Right. And unneeded suffering unnatural suffering but i feel like suffering is a natural part of humanity and just nature in itself i think the, the only way to push forward is to face some sort of suffering whether it's emotional or anything it's healthy going through life not suffering from anything is in my opinion unhealthy you're not getting a full experience of what life is you're not learning lessons so whether yeah, so you going out in the woods and meditating, you you're mitigating your suffering, which is right. good. You're helping yourself. I'm uh, like I go out in the woods. I do like forest runs. That's kind of my jogging and exercise. But like, I'm fucking pushing myself out there. And I just have to remind yeah. myself, just suffer, just just keep suffering, and everything will be okay. <laughs> For all suffering, yeah. we're all on the same page. And yeah, and it, it's not so much just suffering. It's it's going through the emotions of being a human and trying to yeah. It's accept, find it's accepting place. that not everything's going to be easy, and uh, you know this comfy, cushy life we've built isn't always going to be around. And when we fall from that pedestal of like living this comfortable life into like, if something horrible does happen, you know you got to be ready. So just you know suffer. In little ways, it's good. It's a good way to start. But the brain is such a tricky place when you're in that suffering, and mental health is very important in yeah, these yes. times. And you uh, gotta yeah, push say, through that suffering and find a happy place. Yeah, I'd say suffering in a, in a mental emotional state is probably much harder than suffering in a physical state, depending on the physical state. But like, yeah, yeah. totally. The, the two go hand in hand, I believe. Absolutely. A lot of these, a lot of the suffering around the world um, is caused by the rich and powerful. Would you agree with that? I would agree that 
the rich don't think they know how to suffer and they probably cause a lot more suffering to others, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these guys, they're... Yeah, they're doing nothing but spreading suffering so they can live a larger, more powerful life. But uh, this is another thing that's been in the news lately is billionaires have gotten so rich over this period, over this lockdown and everything, it's insane. Like, Jeff Bezos is, like, an incredible example because everyone just went Amazon crazy once you couldn't go to the stores anymore. Yes, I've been personally trying not to order from Amazon. I do have a book coming because where else do you buy books? They cornered the market. I know. That's all it used to be was a bookstore. That's still the only place to get books. How how does some bald asshole start a bookstore and then become a billionaire? I don't know, man. He's a smart guy. But, you know, he's got, yeah, people like him, you know, even though they come off, you know, like Bill Gates, he tries to be like the the hero of the world, but the power these guys wield and how they got there is just insane. And those are the good guys on the spectrum. Like we're not even talking bankers and just these corrupt politicians and, and like corporate CEOs that are just like openly destroying the planet and making people suffer in mine, like cobalt in Africa so they can make iPhones and then sending that shit to China where they build it in these horrible conditions where they work 20 hours a day and then jump off buildings that they work at and live at. But anyways, these the rich and powerful are causing a problem more and more. And I think people are waking up to this. You've heard the, the old saying, Tyler, eat the rich. Eat the rich. I think it's time. I think it is time that we actually have to start eating the rich. I don't know. I always loved Robin Hood and stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, you know. And we're in a time right now where the poor need it the most. There's so many people like you and I and other people that are collecting help and collecting money right now. And these rich assholes could steal from themselves and help so many people. And that and that gap is only getting bigger. It's gotten even bigger in just the last six months. It's 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 pretty wild. But there should be this... there should be a cap. There should be a cap at a certain number. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's how much you make, and then the rest goes to people, to food shelters and but food banks and shit. Problem, problem is, Tyler, these people are they have power over that kind of power, right? People have gotten to the point where they can influence anyone. They have pretty much all like especially in the states. Even in Canada, European countries, a lot of these first world countries, they are totally bought and sold by corporate leaders, people that can throw money around, have basically anything they want done because they're 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 putting the money behind these campaigns. They're getting these people elected, right? They're, they're owing favors. Like a few weeks ago, like you remember the Panama Papers came out a few years ago about all these crazy offshore investments. Panama. <laughs> yeah. That was, the theme, that was the theme song for like a week, but then that story went away. I'm pretty sure that journalist got killed. That might not be true. Something horrible did happen to that journalist, though. But this happened again like two weeks ago. There is a report saying over a trillion dollars has been like illegally uh, been laundered like around the world, not just from one source, but two trillion in total has just slipped through the cracks a and trillion. gone to the rich. Two trillion and gone to the rich and powerful. 
Just and, rich, just rich and powerful people too. Not even like trillions of dollars that go into fucking other shit. Like no, that that's and actual. I saw, like I saw one, one human, ar- like one human's bank account would say a trillion dollars. Yeah, I don't think. What bank do you have to go to for that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's an ATM machine for that. <laughs> Withdrawal. Trucks, truckloads of money. These rich assholes, uh, they've gone far enough, and they keep splitting this gap, and the only thing to make things equal again is to eat them, Tyler. I think we have to, as a people, find them, gather them all up, and have a barbecue. And uh, you're, ta- you're talking about actual cannibalism. It's the only way it's gonna change, Tyler. <laughs> they don't. I thought <laughs> eat the rich meant like steal their money. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does, but I think uh, that metaphor isn't as powerful as uh, literally eating the rich. I don't think there's no other message we can send that'll be stronger than we're gonna catch you. Um, we're gonna go against all our morals and judgment. And Man, lather you in barbecue you're sauce doomed. and smoke you. You're doomed. <laughs> you're doomed because you're thinking of cannibalism. There is, there are. Hey, still Alex Jones started it. He more. talked about eating his neighbor. He's talking about eating his neighbor. He 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 may not be wrong. I don't want to eat my neighbor. I want to eat Jeff Bezos. Yeah. So how how would you how would you eat the rich? You think you'd you think like lather him in barbecue sauce and have a nice smoker, or would you like? How would you do it's gonna it? Be, they're going to be salty already. <laughs> they're they're already similar to pigs. Salty. There's uh, cannibalistic tribes uh, in the Philippines that refer to hu- humans as long pigs. You're asking me to tell you how I'd murder a human being. I guess Hi- billionaires are human beings. Hey, you don't have to murder it. They, you can pick it up at the rich person butcher shop. Okay, that's good. That's that's how I get my meat already. Unless, <laughs> unless you want to like like some people like the feeling of hunting their their food. So like you could run through the woods and like sh- shoot at the Koch brothers. And uh, I would I would let somebody else hunt them for sure. I'd let them out on Ted Nugent's farm and go for a yeah. Like, like if Ted Nugent it, opened up his farm to like the Rothschild family or something, just like you know, open up a truck and let them run loose. You give them like a thirty minute head start, and you just hunt down the Rothschild family. And it's you and Ted Nugent, and we'll just have a great, a great barbecue. Like those guys that like hunt from their helicopters shooting wild boar and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like you're you're just have to uh, you'll just be flying over New York. <laughs> Just blasting machine gun pot fire into their like Manhattan condos. How many billionaires are there? You can only do that for so long. Um, two thousand billionaires. According, really? According, apparently the world's two thousand billionaires have more than five billion people combined. So the wealth of five billion people is nothing compared to what these two thousand billionaires have. Are there more billionaires than tigers? I think there are. That's sad, and they probably have most of them too. They could probably use that money to save the tigers. But they're not going to, Tyler. They're going to use that money to buy tigers. That's that's the fucked up world we live in, man. We're fucking doomed. Yeah, we don't need billionaires. Eat. So, like, we'll leave here with that PSA: is uh, eat eat your local billionaire. It's good to eat local. There's about 2,000 of them out there, and one might be in your neighborhood. So, you know, 
get the family together, get some pitchforks and some torches, and uh, you chase that billionaire right into your smoker. Or pizza I'll, oven. Or pizza oven. I'll end by saying this. Um, Brandon might support cannibalism, but I don't. <laughs> it, only rich people. Only billionaires. I only want to eat billionaires, Tyler. They probably don't even taste good. They're a bunch of old, scraggly bastards, barely alive, being kept Man. alive from adrenochrome, taken from children that were abducted. All right, you know me. I'll take a bite of anything once. <laughs> yeah, just take a slice of their the buttocks or lower thigh. It tastes like bacon, apparently. Don't get it from me. I, I haven't tried it, but that's just what the cannibals say. I don't know, man. <laughs> We're doomed. Yep. And uh, so is my mental state. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's all jokes. Brandon's eat people. No, not yet. Not we're not there yet. But don't don't leave that out. Don't say I'm never gonna eat someone because we're still young and it's 2020. So <laughs> life is full of surprises. Yeah. And then there'll be like a beyond the human brand where it's just like plant-based human and like, what are we doing now? We're plant-based cannibals? (laughs) We just went in a whole circle. It's a fucking ass cobra. (laughs) (laughs) The ass cobra again. Uh, All right. We're doomed, Brandon. Yep. We're doomed, Tyler.